What's up, Zach Oates here, author, entrepreneur, and customer relationship guru. Welcome to Give an Ovation, growth strategies for restaurants and retailers, where we find industry leaders to share their secrets to grow your business. This podcast is brought to you by Ovation, the actionable guest feedback tool that works on or off premise and is easy, real time, and actually drives revenue. Learn more at OvationUp.com. Welcome everyone to this episode of Give an Ovation. We have a uh, bona fide CNBC featured celebrity with us today. Um, we've got Josh Goodman, founder and CEO of Pour My Beer, over 200 locations, total rock star. Our worlds have collided through numerous ways over the last few years, and we just made all these connections. So uh, I am excited that our culminating connection is this podcast, Josh. Thanks for coming on, man. Uh, thanks for having me. Looking forward to helping any way I can. Yeah. So, so first of all, why don't you just kind of share a little bit about what, what does Pour My Beer do just so we can have, so our listeners and, and viewers can have some context uh, around this conversation. So I, uh, I don't claim to be the most impatient person in the world, but I, inefficiencies upset me or uh, annoy me. Um, and back in 2008, nine, I was at a bar and restaurant in, uh, in Baltimore where I lived at the time and I couldn't get a drink. And I, my friends and I were sitting there and we were complaining about it. And after about 20 minutes went by without getting uh, a drink or even someone to you know, take our order, I said, we should be able to pour our own drinks. And they all kind of laughed at me and I was like, all right, well, I'm, I'm, I'm done here. I'm going to go home and I'm going to figure out how we can solve this problem. And <laughs> so they, they got drunk and you became a millionaire. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> they, they remind me of that night a lot, but yeah, I mean, I, I, I didn't, nothing was created instantly, but I started a PowerPoint presentation and then I started talking to it about other people and I didn't have an engineering background. Um, so I just, I, I kind of stumbled through and figured out how you could use, you know, mechanics like flow meters and valves and PCB boards to, to control the flow of alcohol. And then I had to be, basically become a paralegal to get the States to approve the concept and, you know, uh, 10 years later, we have uh, 200 locations, our own proprietary technology, and I'd say about five to six years of really hard lessons of how not to start a business. <laughs> uh, but yeah, now it's, 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 it's been, it's come full circle now. Awesome. Well, uh, congratulations on all that success. You, you certainly earned it. There's the, there's the thinkers and the doers. And um, I think it's great when you meet people like yourself that can have their head in the clouds, but their feet on the ground. You got to be got to have a tall character to do that. So uh, appreciate you for, for doing that and being an example out there. Um, now, so you're working with these 200 locations. What things are you, have you been seeing, you know, as restaurants are going to be opening up again, you know, we're going to be seeing these, these uh, trends continue. There's going to be a new normal, but there's going to be a normal. Um, what, what kind of, what kinds of things are you seeing out there? Yeah, it's, the last few weeks, besides becoming a certified second grade teacher and fourth grade teacher for my children, um, <laughs> in that, I've been able to talk to a lot of really thought leaders in the industry. Um, and, and I guess thought leaders is kind of a broad term, but, you know, just people that have been doing it for 20, 30, you know, some 40 years in the hospitality industry and getting their thoughts. And, you know, there's I guess there's two sides of the coin. There's the people that are that are very concerned of how how this is going to you know transition back or if it's going to transition back to you know a normal or what the new normal is. Um, and then there's the other side of, of people that are you know, they're very optimistic that this is 
that you know we're going to get through this um, three to four months from now uh, we will have forgotten to some degree not completely what we're going through right now but it won't be as uh, people won't be as nervous to return um, you know and in looking at it in phases like you know the, the 20 to 30 year olds will come back a lot quicker than the you know 40 to 50 year olds and the 40 to 50 year olds are going to come back quicker than the 60 to 70 year olds and you know who knows maybe the 70 and 80 year olds don't come back to the restaurant industry it's yet to be determined but the way they're preparing for it is is very similar it's you know it's kind of like getting ready you know to reopen your restaurant so it's almost like a grand reopening and they're looking at you know at least from the self-port perspective to put in uh processes procedures and and, and tools uh to, to ensure that guests feel comfortable and confident and safe in in the establishment um without giving them the <clears throat> the hospital feel you know you don't want to walk into a restaurant with the server with the basketball <laughs> your gloves on and like it's got to be it's got to still feel good to be out you don't want to feel uh unsafe or you know just dramatically anyway. than you felt before yeah i think that's a great point i mean so so how do you look at that that well i guess first let me let me take a step back where do you fall in terms of how do you think things are going to happen do you feel like there's going do you are yeah, you more in the optimistic camp or what I, I'm leaning towards the optimistic camp. I feel like that, you know, it's it's going to be a rough uh, transition back. People are going to be anxious to get back. But I think, you know, I, I don't know what the split's going to be 50-50, 60-40. Some people are just not going to go out. They're just going to, they're going to wait. They're not, it's like they're, they want to watch and see what happens with the people that do go out. And then they're going to, then they're going to, uh, you know, kind of follow their lead. But yeah, you know, it's, it's, it's like, it's like the, that marketing curve, right? You have the early adopters, you have the early majority, the late majority, the laggards. And, you know, I think it, you're going to see coming back into it, you're going to see that same type of curve um, of people who not just early adopters, but, you know, really these people who are higher tolerance of risk or looking at their, their health profile. Um, I think that that's a great, great point, Josh. Yeah. And, and I think that, uh, you know, as, Restaurant. Hopefully, they're not too over uh, restrictive on how many people are allowed to go back into a building. I actually, heard one of our one of our uh, customers, Tapster. He said, <clears throat> "I said, are you going to put like hand sanitizers everywhere? Are you going to have like gloves that they can use?" He was like, "No, I'm going to put up statistics that show how insanely impossible it is for them to die from coming to my place." <laughs> and you know, it's like, I mean, you can't really you can't really argue math. Um, yeah. You know it's an equation it's a it's a very it's a statistic so you know i think it's uh it's just going to be a matter of getting over that initial fear bubble and then you know getting back into you know a consistent going out experiencing you know, hanging out with friends um you know again but if there's as long as they have some of those measures in place so people that are on the other end of the spectrum that are very nervous have some protective uh gaps for them you know whether it's a uh, literally like the gloves you see at Subway when you go <clears throat> and you get a sandwich made, they put the gloves on. Maybe they, you have gloves that for people that are a little more sensitive about touching the tap handle. Um, you know, but the, one of the things I was saying about uh, occupancy is hopefully they don't say, hey, you know, you could have 200 people in your place before this. Now you can have 100, you know, so then you're limiting their, their ability to actually profit because, you know, you can't, cut the amount of people that can be there in half with, without cutting other things in half, like the rent or, you know, other aspects of, of, of operating. Yeah. I, I was talking to a, a customer of mine yesterday of 60 locations in the South and they were saying that 
um, some of these locations, they're opening back up, they're allowing 10 people in the lobby. And it's like, well, how do I run a restaurant and like hire my people back because with 10 people in the lobby. So anyway, there's, there's going to be some definitely some interesting things there. Um, in terms of making it safe, but not, uh, you know, sanitary, but, but not like, uh, you know, hospital clean. Um, how do you, how do you feel like people can strike that balance? How do, I guess, how do you know where that balance is? Yeah, I think, you know, there's, there's the greeting, like, you know, and we have so many different types of customers. We have fast casual, we have whole foods, we have Buffalo wild wings. So there's not a one size fits all. When it comes you, do, you do soda as well. It's not just beer. Right. You know, our, our phrase is that we're liquid agnostic. You know, we don't, we don't uh, care what you dispense. We can meter and valve it and, you know, um, dispense it. Uh, but yeah, so it's, you know, I think it's, it's going to come down to you give the velvet hammer approach. You give them the information up front when they come in the door, you give them the information above or around or near the taps. <clears throat> and then, you know, after that, you, you really just, you let them kind of fall into whatever bucket they want to, if they want to be super, uh, you know, super, I guess, hygiene focused and having like wearing gloves and sanitizers and doing that, let them do that. You know, the people that are, you know, like I talked to a guy the other day, he actually got the coronavirus and he said, yeah, you know, he's like, I go around licking doorknobs because, you know, I can't get anything. I can't get it anymore. So it's, so you, have, you have people that are, that just don't care. Um, you know, so, you know, I think it's, as long as you, you allow people to kind of experience it however they want to, and, you know, and just give them that ability to do that, you're, I think you're doing, you're doing the right thing. I think that makes a lot of sense. And obviously a big, a big portion of, what do customers want is like hearing from customers, right? And making sure you keep that that ear to the ground and listening to to what customers want. So going forward, when when you have um, a a solution that really relies on people coming in and having some close proximity together, is there anything that you've looked at in terms of delivery? I mean, obviously, there's a lot of places where alcohol sales delivery wise has been the restrictions have been laxed. Is that something you see that they're going to return to those higher standards of alcohol delivery? Or do you see that being part of this new normal? I mean, I'm glad they've opened that up. I've actually heard some really good stories about breweries that have uh, maintained their level of sales <clears throat> just through delivery um, because people still want their product and they have these cult followings. Um, and even one of our customers here in Chicago, just at brew yards, they've got four breweries under one roof and they're doing a considerable amount of business just through delivery right now. But you know, the whole idea of tasting and sampling, that's, that's one of the big drivers for our concept and the experience. And, you know, maybe that leads to more to go, you know, so it's like a group of people could come there, they all taste the, the beers they want, and then they all grab, you know, a, a growler to take back to another place, um, you know, one of their homes, maybe. Uh, but, you know, as far as spacing and distancing is concerned, one of the things that we've really uh, noticed and kind of refocused on recently is, when you go to a, uh, any of our restaurants that have our technology, um, traditionally, if you're gonna get a drink from any bar, restaurant, or tap room, you have to interact with someone. So you have to go to the server, which you're gonna be within six feet of that server. You have to yeah. go to the bartender, you know, again, six feet within the bartender. With our system, you get the card when you check in and you don't actually have to be, you know, around or near anybody. Um, so, you know, there's that element of it where it's like, all right, we're taking two steps out of the equation where you typically would have to interact with somebody or someone would have to touch your glass or you know, deliver it. 
Um, and then the other side of that is <clears throat> even at a, uh, one of our locations here in Chicago at Navigator Tap Room, I was there after uh, a Cubs game and it's, it, it was packed. Like there was standing room only and we have 50 taps there. Um, and there was, you know, at, at any given time, there was never more than five people up there pouring, which meant that they were more than 10 to 12 feet apart um, when they were pouring. So, you know, there was elements of it that I, I feel uh, help people that are more concerned about that. Because if, if you're uncomfortable being around somebody, well, then you wait for the taps to open up and then you go to the, pro, uh, the tap you want, you pour your sample, you move on. So, you know, I think there's, it gives people a few options when, when they are ready to come back out um, and they're not gonna be forced to interact with a bartender or a server to actually be able to dispense and taste what they want. I love that, that, that concept of uh, customer optionality because, you know, it's, it's about that spectrum of the types of customers that are going to be coming in and how do you cater to their needs in a way that isn't, um, you know, that, that, that is compliant legally and also makes, makes them feel comfortable and, and isn't, uh, isn't breaking the bank for you. Right. Yeah. And you know, efficiency wise, I mean, I just had a call this morning, uh, with a, a large, um, actually in New York, a large, uh, events venue they're looking at using our technology for deployment this summer and you know for outdoor concerts the typical transaction time is upwards of a minute to a minute and a half so it's hey I, i'd like to order this for a beer or a product i have to pay you and then i have to wait for you to get get it so with our system it's about a 10 second interaction no um, way so you, it, it, oh i didn't realize it's not just like a big install and location you can have pop-up locations and Yep. Yeah. So we're doing, we're looking at some, some concert venues that really want to implement our technology for speed of service and, and speed of access. Uh, you know, because again, our average transaction time is less than 10 seconds, whereas traditionally it's about a minute to, you know, two minutes. If you look at any, any, any type of, uh, other method of dispense. Awesome. Well, that, that's awesome. So, um, well, that, that's exciting tonight. And I think that as we kind of get to, you know, the, the, the venues and as people get more and more comfortable going out and, and being around people, I think that technologies like yours that re, let limit the human interaction and increase the customer optionality of getting what they want, how they want it, when they want it um, is, is phenomenal. So as you're sitting here, um, you know, talking to these, you know, the listeners that we have going to be restaurant owners and operators, what, what piece of advice would you have for them as they're, as they're opening back up now um this just kind of popped into my head but i think of i think of minnesota uh you know I, when i was in minnesota a few years ago i'd never been there before but in minneapolis when the weather breaks and it's nice the the the, the positive energy that is just abundantly everywhere like you go outside and people's they're just smiling from ear to ear they're <laughs> doing you know they've been hibernating you know for most of the winter because you know, winters in Minneapolis are pretty bad. Um, so my advice would be, you know, emulate the way that Minnesotian, Minnesota treats the, the spring with the reopening of your restaurant. You know, just love your, love your customers, um, you know, talk to them, uh, just help build that community back with them. So they come, you know, you, you don't want to, I heard a, a phrase the other day, well, actually you heard it too, commission breath. You don't, want, you don't want to have commission breath with your customers coming in the door. You just want to be genuinely happy to see them and genuinely thankful and grateful for them coming, coming back and 
tell them that you missed them um, because, you know, they missed you too, you know? So I think getting that warm reception back is really going to help them feel a lot more comfortable about coming back and, and just, you know, being appreciative, you know, being grateful and appreciative for their business and, and uh, you know, share, you know keeping, keeping that positive vibe. Dude, I, I love that. So here are my takeaways. Um, one, prepare for your grand reopening. Think of it as a grand reopening and realize that that's going to come in phases uh, based on demographics and psychographics and, and uh, health. So I think that's great. Two, stay safe, but not uh, hospital safe. Don't, don't make yourself look like, a, like an ER. Um, three, optionality for customers, right? Making sure that you can fit your customers' uh, needs and have multiple ways. If they want it, they could use it, things like that. And then four, I love that. The gratitude, man. Just be that influence for good. Be that light because people are going to need it. Um, that, and, and you want to metaphorically embrace them as they come back. <laughs> but maybe for people like me who are huggers, we, we need to work on keeping our distance. <laughs> well, uh, Josh, how do people find you or your uh, company? Yeah, PourMyBeer.com, uh, at PourMyBeer for Instagram and Facebook. Uh, you know, Twitter, obviously, we're on that. LinkedIn, um, we're actually creating a group specifically for uh, restaurant owners that are, that are preparing to come back to this, uh, this new normal. Um, so yeah, any of those, we're very receptive and responsive to any, anything. Awesome. Well, uh, Josh, today's ovation goes to you for being rock star, for helping people keep those taps of flowing, whether it be alcoholic, non-alcoholic, liquid agnostic. Love that, man. Um, appreciate what you're doing. Appreciate the good that you're putting out there. And uh, yeah, great, grateful that you came on, Josh. All right. Thanks, Zach. Good man. Glad you're with us today. And thank you. Thank you to the risk takers, the troublemakers, the crazies who are keeping this world clothed and fed. You're the ones who deserve an ovation. Again, this podcast was sponsored by Ovation. To see how we can help you grow your business, go to OvationUp.com. Don't forget to subscribe. And as always, remember to give someone in your life an ovation today.